Welcome to the Kaizen Creativity Podcast, where we apply the philosophy of continual improvement to our creativity. Each episode takes a scientific principle from creativity and innovation research, and it translates it into practical advice for your creativity. For more, you can visit us at jaredvoli.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Kaizen Creativity Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how your personal values influence your creativity. And this episode, it's going to be, you're going to take either one of two things from this episode. Either you're going to leave it thinking, well, it was a pretty interesting theory, and yeah, it makes sense. Or you're going to really take this in, and this is going to be like a mind-blowing thing for you. So we'll start off by giving you a brief overview of how this works. Then I'll talk about my own personal experience and why I let this idea slip through the cracks. And then the results I got once I actually realized that this was the source of a lot of the issues I was having with my creativity. And then from there, we'll talk about how you can apply that to your life as well. So when I talk about personal values, what I really mean is what is important to you. If you were to think about who you are and what is important to you, maybe write down like your top 10 list, then those ideas would be the things that you value. For me, I've already talked a little bit about this in the episode we did on mastery. But for me, a big part of my value system comes down to contribution, to helping other people, to exploration. I really love the process of learning new things and exploring the unknown. And then number three for me would probably be something like curiosity. I love being in a state of curiosity. So think about just those three values there. How that's going to affect my own creativity. We have, in the episode on confidential theory, I already talked about how you have this domain-specific knowledge, creativity-relevant skills, and your motivation. So if you look at your personal values, you can see how all three areas of your creativity are going to be impacted by your personal values. So the easy one here is curiosity. You can see how curiosity would lead you to exploring more information, to reading books, to learning more ideas that you could then apply to your creativity. And then with your creativity-relevant skills, you can see curiosity is really the driving force that makes you want to know What's going to happen if I do the opposite strategy? Or what's going to happen if maybe I uh, combine these two ideas that other people haven't tried before? And then lastly, of course, your curiosity is going to influence your motivation. Whenever you feel curious, you're motivated to go and find the answer. So you can see right here that just with taking one of these values, the value of curiosity you can see how it would already have a huge effect on your creativity. So that's a good snapshot of how this relates to your creativity in general. But let's look at the specifically the process and how your personal values will influence your process. So let's break the process down into just three general categories. Problem finding, problem solving, and then some kind of persuasion or marketing. So that's a very broad way of looking at the creative process. So now we ask ourselves, how do your personal values 
determine each action that you take when you are in each one of these stages. So think about how your brain actually goes about figuring out if something is a problem or not. Whenever you observe something, your brain is constantly checking it against what it expected. So think about the last time you were walking down the stairs and then, you know, one of those stairs is just slightly shorter or slightly longer than the other one. Or maybe you hit the last step, but you think there's one more. So in these situations, as your foot should have hit the, the last stair, you suddenly realize your brain says, wait a second, I expected to find the floor by now. And so what your brain is doing here is it's comparing the reality, what is happening with what it expected to happen. This is constantly happening throughout your entire day. And in fact, this is the only way you can figure out if a problem exists. Your brain has to relate that to something else. And that something else is your personal value. I cannot say you're wrong unless I also go into my brain and I figure out what I think should be right. So that does it for problem finding. But what about with problem solving? You would think that your personal values shouldn't really play any kind of important role here. Because once you know what the problem is, ideally you should just figure out what the best strategy is to solve it and then just do that. It really shouldn't have anything to do with your personal values. But of course, that's not how it actually ends up working out. Think about all the times that you have really created your own creativity block. When that happens, the problem could be solved, but usually we create these limitations on ourselves because we don't actually like what that path would offer us. So for example, as somebody who's very introverted, any strategy that requires extroversion is going to be way harder for me. Now that shouldn't be the case because I want to solve the problem, but my personal value is going to determine what it is that I have in front of me, what options are on the table. That doesn't mean I can't do an option that is uncomfortable, but as you undoubtedly know from personal experience, the things that are comfortable are things that get done very easily. And the things that are really, really uncomfortable, either they take a long time to get done, or what happens a lot of the time is that we end up rationalizing why we shouldn't do that. So your personal values are going to change how you go about solving the problem. Just because they change how you build your constraints, how you determine what limits you and what doesn't. So moving on to the persuasion part of it. Once you've built your product, what happens then and how is it determined by your personal values? When you're marketing your idea, you're trying to persuade other people. One of the values that's going to determine your success is your ego. Do you value protecting your ego or do you value hearing maybe harsh feedback and then applying it so that you can improve your product? All right, which of those two values is going to be more important to you? All right, when I'm not saying here that you have to choose one or the other. You have both of these values inside of you. The question is, which one is ranked higher than the other? Sure, you might want to 
hear feedback and improve your product. But if you don't have that ego strength, then that is going to dominate that value system for you. You're going to hear the feedback and it's going to be too painful for you to really accept the feedback and then be very analytical and maybe cold-hearted about it so that you can actually apply that feedback and improve your product. So how much you value your ego versus the product is going to determine what you do once you're marketing that product. So as promised, let's talk about how I went through this process of going through a writer's block and then realizing that my own personal values were really the reason why I was stressed out so much while I was writing my book. So my book is called Playfully Inappropriate. And inside the book, I teach a new structure for writing comedic stories. So I've always been really interested in how some people can be really funny without ever feeling like they told you a joke. And that was something that I really felt was missing from all of the stand-up comedy teaching that was already out there. So my passion was really figuring out how can you be around somebody, whether they're a comedian or they've never studied any comedy ever, how can they be so funny but never feel like they actually told you a joke? So I was really obsessed with this question. I was really curious about what the answer could be, and I just started exploring any kind of way I could maybe solve this problem. So my personal values, they influence the problem finding because I've always felt like stand-up comedy jokes were way too structured. Like, you always felt like these comedians were being so fake with me. And so I really didn't like that. So my personal value really highlighted that this was a problem. And so because it was a problem, I set out to solve something that perhaps other people weren't even trying to solve. As I was writing the book, I stumbled upon a, an amazing theory called benign violation theory. And I absolutely love this theory of comedy. It's a really super simple way of understanding what makes you laugh. And I had a great way of describing comedy, but I had nothing that was prescriptive, nothing to tell people what to do. And so I had to create this entire new form or entire new structure for writing comedy. And it was super, super fun, but at the same time, I was really, really struggling throughout this process. And eventually I realized that my own personal values were really getting in the way. When I was writing and editing this book, I had this personal value of making sure I was safe, like maybe my ego was safe. So I was saying something that was really far out there, like nobody had tried what I was trying yet. But I still had this personal value of maybe protecting my ego or trying to be safe in some way. And that manifested itself in this writing style that tried to prove every single point that I was trying to make. So I would give you the basic idea, but then my personal values made me feel pulled towards explaining every subtopic and every exception to the rule. And so I did that because I really felt like I needed to prove to people that this actually was true 
rather than giving the most simple version of it and trusting myself and trusting the reader to, to find it for themselves. So you can imagine going through and writing a book and constantly being worried that someone's going to say that's not true and then they're going to start posting stuff on Twitter and they're going to spread, <laughs> spread their ideas out there and then like it's going to be a problem, right? So I'm trying to cover, cover my bases with every single paragraph and, and chapter that I'm writing. So you can imagine that's a pretty stressful situation, but it was all coming from my personal value of feeling like I had to protect myself, right? That is a personal value. That's not something that really needed to be done. And so what I realized was that the reason the first version of my book was so freaking complex and difficult to read wasn't because this topic was complex, right? It, it, it's kind of complex, but that's not the real reason. The real reason it was complex is because I was making it that way as a way of trying to protect myself from any kind of negative feedback or criticism. So I eventually realized that I was the one who was bringing all the complexity into the process. So I believed at the time that what I was doing had to be difficult. And it was stressing me out because of that belief. But once I realized that it was my personal value of just protecting myself, having that value made me take different actions, which led the book to becoming too complex. After I realized that, things got so much easier and so much less stressful. It started to be really fun editing out all of the crap that I put in there that I just really didn't need. And for each one of those paragraphs I cut out, I remember feeling like I, this is something that needs to stay. But the longer I sat with that feeling, the more I, I realized this is not what I need this book to be. I need this book to be easy enough for people to, to grab onto it and then to really see the value in telling comedic stories rather than comedic jokes, uh, which was like the more conventional way of doing it. So after that, I really set out to simplify everything as much as I could. And the difference here is that when I was simplifying it, instead of working harder to make it more simple, I really changed my value in the first place. I just took a step back and I said, I really need this to be simple. And I stayed in that, that mental space until I really believed it, until like that was the value that was the most natural thing for me. And then once I was in that area where I really felt like that was what I was valuing, that simplicity, then it became really easy and natural for me to edit and write the rest of this book in a way that was way more simple and easy for readers to digest. Okay, so let's wrap this up. For today, what I would encourage you to do is just to think about in what ways have your personal values really influenced your creativity? And ask yourself the question, in what way have I made things maybe too complex, more complex than they should be? Like you ever catch yourself saying the phrase like, why does it have to be this hard? Right? That's something I, I catch myself saying that a lot. And when I do, I, I'm trying to get better at, at stopping and saying, wait a second, what, what's really going on underneath is that I have 
structured my problem in a way that makes me feel like there is like everything is so difficult. But whenever that happens, I think also, in what way can I structure the problem to actually make it feel good to do this? Like, how can I restore the creative flow back into this situation? So I would encourage you to spend a little bit of time self-reflecting. I know I probably say that a lot, but I think it's really, really important that that mindfulness behavior, self-reflection, those are really the ways that you break down these barriers that you don't really know are actually in your way. So we'll end it there. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, please make sure you go and subscribe and you leave a review on iTunes because it really helps the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can go to facebook.com slash kaizencreativity and that'll help you stay up to date on everything we're doing here. You can also email me directly at podcast at jaredvoli.com. Until next time, keep creating.